This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we are joining listeners after back-to-back wins for Newcastle since we last spoke. Six points, seven goals, two overall really good performances and our charge for the top four continues. Yeah, I think it was quite comfortable for the Magpies to be honest and you are now closing in that top four finish. Nine points clear of Liverpool, who were fifth. Eleven points clear of Spurs and Villa, with five games remaining. Obviously, Villa and Spurs obviously only have four games remain games remaining, so even better. Yeah, I mean, like you say, eleven clear with, as if in in their case, four games left. They would have to win all four of those games to make up twelve points, and you would have to lose all, or literally all of them because yeah. of our goal difference. Um, so really, the only one who, in theory, could catch us is Liverpool. But like I say. Nine points clear with five games to go. We again, we'd have to really. We have a fairly nice run to the end of the season as well. So, I think with the form that Newcastle are on, it's unlikely that they would it, um, drop below Liverpool at this point. And it also seems again, you know, Liverpool. I mean, like I say, they may end up finishing fifth, which, considering the season they've had, um, you know, is is not a bad finish for them. But you'd also. You know, the way they've been this season, the chances of them finishing with five straight wins probably not going to happen as well. So, obviously, I don't want to count our chickens just yet. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the you know our, our efforts over the last few weeks have really gone a long way. All you know, almost securing that top four place. Yeah. Um. You know, if we can get another another win or two on the board, and chances are it'll it you know it, it could even be. Uh, mathematically guaranteed. Yeah, and um, I mean, uh, then we can just try and hopefully focus on maybe finishing above Man United. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Callum Wilson putting on a great display and linking up really, really nicely with um, Isaac in in both matches actually. So we've got two goals against Everton, um, and one for Jolinton and one for Jacob Murphy. It is a shame that Isaac won't be credited with the assist for one of Wilson's goals. It was an excellent run, bouncing off and beating probably about five defenders. It's, I, I, so oh, it looks, felt like the whole team. It was incredible, um, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, my, I think you know, Michael Keane, I feel like he beat Michael Keane on his own about three times in that move, <laughs> as well as some other people. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that that isn't officially going to go down as an assist because it touched, um, it took that little deflection off the Everton player um, when he put it into the middle for, for Murphy. But, yeah, it was incredible. Like we were saying last week, you know, I like, is Joe Willock's uh, assist of the season is that going to get topped again? Technically not because this isn't officially an assist, but really, like in spirit, <laughs> it's like they're having Willock and Isaac are having basically their own little assist of the season competition. Yeah, and I am here for it. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that. Yeah, that was pretty astonishing for me. That was the moment of the game um, in that in that Everton match on Thursday. And yeah, that um, second goal for Callum Wilson, 
really lovely one because he's not a guy who gets a lot of long range goals. He's more of a sort of poacher in the box kind of kind of striker. Um, and that one, yeah, just just sort of from the edge of the area, but really sort of just curling it into that top corner was uh, was pretty spectacular as well, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that it, it was excellent. And then obviously. Um, Wilson carried that over into the next match very unfortunate not to get a hat-trick of feeling in the Southampton match but came from behind Newcastle could say it was 1-0 at half time to Southampton and then yeah you know, some, some brilliant goals again there from, from Wilson all three of them were excellent obviously one I mean technically yes he was far offside um, yeah but, but you know whatever but like you know it, it would have been three and they were all excellent as well so yeah. exciting times and I think Wilson and, and Isaac need to start playing alongside more because Isaac has the pace um, and he can finish obviously but he's got the pace that Wilson doesn't have and Wilson has the ability to teleport into the position that he's needed to be in at any point yeah it's it's really nice to see them I mean we'd, we'd spoken about it earlier in the season like oh, how good would it be if we can get them both on the pitch working together linking up and now we're actually, yeah, the last um, last few games we've actually seen glimpses of that um, here and there, and it's been really, really awesome to watch. Um, and I think it bodes very well for next season. Um, you know, it's five goals now in three games for Callum Wilson, um, which is impressive by pretty much anyone's standards. Doubly so, I think, in this case, because he only actually started one of those three games, which was the Everton match. Mm. So, you know, he's not... He's still playing a key role. He's not necessarily starting every time. And I'm sure, obviously, he would like to be. And he's... I mean, in terms of his form, he's certainly doing everything he can to uh, to, to justify being on the pitch, obviously. You know, with that, that quiet, you know, unusually quiet and, and sort of barren run he had a few months ago is, is well and truly put to bed now which again mm. is, is fantastic to see um, and yeah it, it, in this case yeah some some good steel um, to come from behind uh, in this game I mean obviously Southampton again statistically are quite literally the worst team in the league but they are fighting for their survival they'd gone 1-0 up they had everything to play for and then for us to really just come back and and again, ultimately win pretty comfortably in that game. I so said we we had the one disallowed as well. We had Wilson hit uh, with his sort of double crossbar hit <laughs> uh, near the end. All this sort of stuff, you know. Um, obviously, shame for Theo Walcott with his with that own goal. It was just one of those that again, thankfully, went went in our favour. But um, you know, I think everyone involved would have preferred if if Wilson one of Wilson's had stood and that one wasn't, <laughs> and then he could have been celebrating his hat trick, but. I mean, as we mentioned, those games can be difficult to predict in terms of like, you know, some, you know, we do see time and again that a team who have been, you know, let's face it, obviously not very good for most of the season, for one reason or another, do manage to really dig in at those last few games once relegation really is in sight mm. and pull out some big performances against some big teams. But thankfully, yeah, we came through both of them. I say ultimately, very well. Um, like I say, really beefing up the, the goal tally again you know seven goals um, obviously one slight uh, disappointment is no clean sheets again in both games uh, we still do have the best defensive record in the league and, and uh, come the end of the season we'll do our classic end of season stat check yeah. um, as is our way um, but it's yeah it's I think it's 
it's uh, several months I think since we actually didn't concede in a game um, well no I say that I think we it was 2-0 against Man United but again that was still uh, that was actually a month ago but there's been very there's been very little in the way of clean sheets for some time now um, and I think the, one of the main reasons why our defensive record is still the best in the league is just because we conceded so few mm. in the first half of the season that we pretty much concede a customary one every week now um, but thankfully we're, we're, we're usually getting two, three, four at the other end or yeah, six if you suppose <laughs> it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a shame I think that it, it kind of now mars what is an excellent run for Newcastle but again at the end of the day stuff happens and there were two very good goals across those two matches from, from the opposition side I think I think we need to remember that you know they're not infallible and as yeah. long as at this point Newcastle are having a shot and taking those chances you're bound to have a bit of a weak spot on a counter attack or at some point someone's going to fall over and it's going to weaken that defensive four and you know it just it just happens but it's the way that Newcastle responds that's the, the bonus and at this point we've not seen anyone fall and collapse because they've conceded a goal so take that as a positive well yeah exactly and as you mentioned at the other end you know in three consecutive games we've won 6-1, 4-1, 3-1 so that's 13 goals in three games again you can't complain at that at the end of the day that's <laughs> that's you know really quite phenomenal Um and when you're playing like that going forward, you know, obviously you always want that clean sheet, but you can afford to concede the odd goal here and there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's more of a minor nitpick than anything, but um, it's something that I think, you know, we'll, we'll, when we look back at the end of the season and we see where Newcastle's defensive record en- ends up and where the goal tally ends up and all this sort of stuff, and we can kind of give it a proper analysis then. But, um, but yeah, as I say, ultimately though, another two really good performances and most importantly um, six more points on the board again just closing in on, on that top four um, we're not quite there yet but we are again increasingly making it um, you know making it increasingly likely um, that we are going to do it we've got that you know we've got a really healthy cushion now as you say we've still got some you know we've got some tricky fixtures left but we've also got some kind of fixtures as well in our five games left you know the way we're playing there's no reason why we can't push on and just have that strong end to the season um you know so it's it's we've got a lot to look forward to yeah yeah exactly uh, also something to <laughs> potentially look forward to i guess is new uh, the reports in the times this week of a new shirt sponsorship deal for Newcastle. Um, so yeah, according to the Times, Newcastle, have, uh, or we're going to cut short our eight million pound per year sponsorship deal with Fun Eight Eight, and apparently we have agreed a twenty five million pound per year deal with a currently unnamed Middle Eastern company. Though worth noting uh, that apparently that Middle Eastern company is uh, not Saudi Arabian, which is a some, something of a surprise, but. Um, and yeah, we actually had two years left on the Funatech deal, but uh, presumably whatever compensation we maybe have to pay to them as part of that agreement to cut it short, I mean, we're going to be making, uh, it looks like, assuming these figures are accurate, more than triple mm. per year what um, what we were making with the old sponsorship deal. So obviously in that sense, even if you've got a... I mean, I'm just literally plucking numbers out of my uh, backside here, listeners, but say if you had to pay them like a £2 million pound 
compensation thing for you know cutting the deal short again I'm completely plucking that out of thin air. It could be I mean, it, whatever. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter you because know. over those co- course of those two years, is it worth it? So, are you going to be getting your sixty million pound a year sponsorship deal with Fun Eighty Eight? You may as well pay that. If that the compensation is, you pay them back the two years worth yeah. sixty million. That's fine because then, yes, that's going to come out of your twenty five million that you've had there. That's still nine million that you'll get. Minusing the sixteen million, yeah, you then have the two years of a fifty million on top of that. That's already made your money back. Exactly. So, so it's not, as you say, in that sense, bit of a no-brainer. Um, but yeah, according to to the report, Newcastle are, are supposedly insisting that the deal um, is not inflated. I sort of the kind that you know Man City have been doing for years, and that. And the, I mean the the Premier League, you know, literally scrambled to ban about a month after we were taken over. Mm. Um, it, you know, just as pure coincidence. Um, which, and again, to be clear, listeners, I don't want us to have inflated deals. I don't think any club should be able to utilize that loophole. And obviously, I mean, we'll wait and see what happens with these like 115 charges, 105 charges, whatever it was that Man City have got of various things. Nothing is the answer. <laughs> but absolutely <I> bugger all. <laughs> but regardless, like, I don't, you know, I, I fully think they should be banned I thought it was quite funny that the second we get taken over the Premier League collectively craps their pants and to scramble to do it when they've literally let Man City get away with it for a decade mm. but the second someone else gets money they're like oh oh no we need to now we need to pull the ladder up um, which is funny but again ultimately I fully agree that these things should be banned so just to be really clear uh, again Newcastle can insist that all they like it's going to be an interesting one I mean it's clearly inflated I mean (laughs) to put a devil's advocate we are probably going to be in the Champions League next season that obviously does justify you know if you're a Champions League team obviously the exposure that that gives obviously justifies having a a higher level sort of sponsorship deal yeah Um, because you know just from that sort of raw business thing like your you know your brand is being exposed on an even bigger more global scale um because you know it's being exposed in the champions league tv and all all that kind of stuff again though i mean when it's literally more than triple that does feel to me a bit artificial but again it's one hell of a jump yeah but we're going to obviously just have to wait and see. Again, obviously, it's great for the club if because they, they, you know, that was one of the things that we spoke about in terms of you know Mike Ashley, supposed business genius that he is, never did anything with the club's commercial revenue. Mm. He, you know, nickeled and dimed us for fifteen years, but he never did the one thing that really could have actually just helped the club, which was grow the commercial revenue. We even saw that in that time, the pre- like collectively, the Premier League's commercial revenue had absolutely shot up during his tenure and ours had stayed completely stagnant um, you know which is kind of inexcusable for someone of his sort of supposed business acumen but so obviously that is something that we are going to need to do it's certainly something we're going to need to do if we want to compete at the levels that we want to compete at but again it's it's hard not to feel whether they're this company is Saudi Arabian or not it's hard not to feel like it kind of is a bit artificial and a bit inflated but again obviously that's just how it feels to me. We can't be certain of anything. I think it's, I'm saying this for legal reasons. I think it just, <laughs> I think it just makes it even more 
unfair for those teams, especially those teams who are getting promoted. It's like, well, what hope do you have? What hope do you have getting out the bottom half? Like, unless you have an ex, an absolutely astounding season, those other teams don't play great. You can't compete money-wise. And how are you meant to get players to come and play for your team when you can't offer them anything near what the top half of the table can? And I just... I mean, there's going to be another Super League, but really, I think if, if they're found of, like, money... Um, what's it called? When they're in breach of the... The financial the fair financial play. financial fair yeah. play. <laughs> that we've seen multiple times, and then they've said they've in breach of it, and then they've done nothing. But I really do feel now, if they don't keep doing this, this isn't going to be a competitive sport. It's quite clearly not already at this point in time. Um the amount of money that Man City have had for years and yes we are old enough to remember when Man City were absolute tripe because they had no money and were shite literally appalling and now look at them that isn't yeah okay yeah they've they've managed to have some good players they've managed to have some good managers but how did they get those oh a copious amount of money um, no you, I mean you, you are spot on and like you said we've seen the, the Premier League become Increasingly less competitive, you know, for year, you know, for years at this point, Leicester's you know miracle season aside, it, it is increasingly, you know, and it and it's and it's been going that way for a long time now, um, and yeah, basically the only way to try to break into that sort of boys' club at the top is to be taken over by someone who effectively has limitless resources like you know a, a Middle Eastern state for example mm-hmm. like what has happened at City like what is currently happening at Newcastle and that obviously shouldn't be the way it should be because it you know the, obviously uh, we, you know, we've seen Aston Villa we've seen well I mean Villa's purely just down to good management from Unai Emery really but like say Brighton for example we've seen in recent years again you know this is a team that you know, you, you you rewind a few years, and they were well down the the pyramid, mm. not just in the championship. Um, you know, and they've shown what you can do with you know really, really you know by being an incredibly well run club and with good management and and unifying all of those sort of different aspects together, and we're seeing what what that can get you. But because of just the sheer money involved at the top. It can still only get you so far, and all they're going to do is just buy Brighton's best players. Yeah, well, I mean that's what Chelsea just, have been doing. Yeah, well, that's they what bought, they nicked their manager, and that's some of their best players. Yeah, that, that's and what it's, that was what happened, and it's just like, well, you're in breach of financial fair play. They need to sort it out because it, it is absolutely ridiculous at the moment, and it, it, it's pointless even having it as a rule because no one ever follows it. Uh, tighten it up, make it stricter, and then we'll get we'll see excellent football I mean I know we get to oh yeah but you get to see excellent football now because we have all these players in the Premier League yeah but imagine how much better they'd be if it was actually bloody competitive yeah and, and, and that's what worries that is something that worries me about Newcastle again is like again we don't know anything at this stage for certain I mean again this deal hasn't even been confirmed this is a report it's obviously a credible one but it's you know nothing's actually been announced yet uh, but again, let's let's just take the report at face value. And again, Newcastle are insisting that it it's not inflated and that it is in line with the current rules and stuff, which obviously they're going to do. Um, I don't want us in however many years' time, whether it's two years, five years, ten years. 
I don't want us to be in the same situation that Man City are in now, facing all these charges. Again, we will wait and see uh, what, again, City's limitless resources, um, which it can buy them which way the best legal team on the face of the earth will do, because that, if you know, if anyone's going to weasel their way out of something, it's uh, someone who can afford that kind of representation. So basically what you say is you don't want to become a hollow, soulless club like Man City. It has no real. Oh yes, like... I mean, I've I've been very clear about that mm-hmm. throughout. But what I'm saying is, I don't want us in however many years' time <laughs> to be in this situation where we're facing, you know, these hundreds of charges, which in itself, regardless of, I mean, again, I know innocent proved until proven guilty, blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, oh come on, they've been proven guilty multiple times and yet nothing happens. <laughs> but I, you know, it's pretty damning in itself, is what I will say for yeah. legal reasons. Do you know what I mean? I don't want us to be in that situation because. Again, don't get me wrong, I fully expected at some point, and that is, again, one of the things that stops me fully enjoying this, even when it's really good, because that's always kind of in the back of my mind, and we've spoken about this a million times, but it's like, there's that sense of, like, is this all legit? You know, I mean, even just setting aside the human rights stuff again for a moment, I know that. If I could constantly say, oh, let's just set that aside for a moment, but I... Listeners, long-time listeners, you will know that I go on about, I bang on about that all the bloody time. <laughs> but even just the just the financial side of it, and there's like, is this legit? Are we just to to quote Javier Tebas of La Liga fame? Is this just financial doping? <laughs> you know, are we just engaging in all the shady stuff that Man City do and all this kind of stuff? I, you know, I've always said. Like yeah, obviously we're gonna we're gonna play in a new field now with all this money, but like, do it like learn from Man City, and do it in a legitimate way, so that in ten years' time we're not gonna be bitten in the ass in the same way they sort of are. I mean, we'll see to what extent they're actually bitten in the ass when the you know whether the charges any of them stick and all that kind of jazz. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I would hate to even be in the situation of being charged with it all because that in itself feels really quite damning. Do you know what I mean? And it's just because... It's just like, yeah. I didn't necessarily want to even get into this like whole debate right now, but yeah, it's... You raise 100% a fair point and I'm fully in, in agreement with you because, you know... It's all well and good, yeah. Like, oh well, you know, twenty-five million quid a year from the shirt sponsorship. Add that to possibly a Champions League budget for next season, and all of a sudden, you know, we could go on another spending spree in the summer um, and build on the squad even more. Uh, because obviously, if we do get top four, that's going to very much increase the summer transfers, you know, uh, budget and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously, the, I mean, to be fair, you can't argue with the Champions League thing. That's just, if we get there, then you get the Champions League money. That's how that works. It's just, it, but it's all the other stuff, you know. Uh, mm. And it's just, yeah, that's the kind of thing that does slightly worry me. But obviously, we don't know at this stage. Nothing's been confirmed, you know. But yeah, New, I mean, Newcastle can insist, insist it all the like. But at the same time, supposedly the Premier League have cast iron, legally binding guarantees that the Saudis... You know, the actual the sovereign state of Saudi Arabia isn't actually you know owning us and it's actually the PIF and somehow they're two separate entities even though they're saying the exact opposite thing in American courtrooms pretty much as we speak so you know <laughs> we will see how that goes but back to the football because I 
I can't be doing Newcastle be versus doing Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> so this will be one of our tougher games between now and the end of the season. But it's it's going to be an interesting one because Arsenal obviously are well. That they, they, I don't want to say they've blown it yet, but they've handed they've Nothing handed right. all of the initiative <laughs> in the title race to Man City. It's it's now out of Arsenal's hands, mm. uh, which is a shame because I would much much rather Arsenal win the Premier League title than I than Man City. But it's now in Man City's hands. I really feel like Arsenal deserve it this year. Like, yeah, they've, they've really come out of nowhere and everything seems to be clicking into place. All that hard work that's been done in the behind the scenes seems to be paying off. The young squad, giving the young players an opportunity. I say that, and there's still only like two academy players playing for the top flight teams, I think, per squad. So it's a bit rubbish. Um, but, you know, I, I do still feel that they, they deserve it. It's they'll have played Chelsea by the time this is released they could be top again before City play West Ham uh, yes I've, I've just realised yeah in my show notes I wrote to, uh, I wrote the wrong uh, day on that so yeah so yeah Arsenal will play Chelsea on Tuesday so that, again by the time we record uh, by the time this is released that game will have been played so they could be top at the time of recording they're one point behind City and City have a game in hand uh, because of course they've drawn three games in a row then lost to Man City but yeah bef- by the time this comes out Arsenal will have played another game and just after this comes out on Wednesday not Monday as I wrote in my notes uh, City will play West Ham I believe on Wednesday so again it could all be sort of topsy-turvy again before we actually play Arsenal next weekend I'm so confused about all the days that you've just said the long and short of it is <laughs> it's, it's fine it's, it's fine whatever it. happens on <laughs> Tuesday and Arsenal could get back to winning ways the title race is still going to be out of their hands by the time this podcast is released is what I've is that took a very long winded way of just, saying we've just both said that yeah um, but again you know so it's going to be an interesting one whatever happens against Chelsea on Tuesday with Arsenal they've obviously you know really started slipping up in recent weeks and we are obviously playing really well. Um, as we've spoken about many a time on this show, over the last decade, Newcastle have had a pretty appalling record against Arsenal. But our last two meetings, we played them around this time last year at St James's Park. We beat them 2-0 and we completely played them off the park. And we drew with them 0-0 at their place earlier this season. So um, we've kind of slightly put that historical you know, sort of struggle to bed. And again, we're playing really well. Arsenal have been, you know, stumbling. Again, they might be able to get some confidence back if they can beat che- Chelsea on Tuesday. But, like I say, whatever happens with that, the title race is still out of their hands, you know, as we speak. I'm um, going to say 3-1 to Newcastle. I would, I would take that. I would take that right now. Again, I want Arsenal to win the title, but obviously, more than that, I want us to win all of our games. I want us to finish up A in the top four and B above Man United. Um, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that, but I really, yeah, I really would like to see Arsenal win the title. Um, I, speak, I think I speak for most neutrals who don't want to see City win it again. But it's it's difficult to um, see Man City slipping up from this point, which is a shame. Um, because yeah, it would have been really nice to. Uh, I mean, again, I know it's Arsenal; it's not Leicester <laughs> or or someone like that. But you know, Arsenal haven't won it for fifteen years. 
we've seen City win it so many times like you know I think we're all tired of City winning it all the time maybe one day it'll be everyone being tired of Newcastle winning it on the time, all the time we'll, we'll have to wait and see <laughs> but hey look ultimately I want us to win this game we're playing really well let's unleash Callum Wilson and Alexander Izak on them and see what happens shall we yeah because yeah we're running rampant they're not defending well We've, we're at home again we've got every chance of, of getting another victory on the board and again getting one step closer to Champions League football there we go yeah and we'll be back next week to review that game and, and uh, see how we've got on in the meantime if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and give us a positive review that would be amazing uh, we've been Magpies Unrestricted and I've been your host Chris Simpson thank you Cara no problem. and thank you listeners bye, bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.